All right, welcome to BrandStan. This is the business of branding with digital surgeons. We're all about talking, not doing. So this is an impromptu episode number one. The idea came quickly. We didn't plan it. We hopped on the mics. We were producing a podcast. If it goes well, we'll keep going. I'm pretty sure you said we're all about talking, not doing. So you literally- Oh, shit. Yeah. All right, starting Start over. over. Why would you have to? That would have been perfect. The irony of it. We're all about talking, not doing. That's why we're doing a podcast. We're talking. All right, we'll keep all this in. We're doing, not talking. We're doing, not talking. Also drinking while doing it. But also talking while doing. We're on a podcast. All right. Okay. All right, let's introduce ourselves. We got Pete. Hey, guys, what's going on? I'm Pete Senna. I am the co-founder, and I guess I'm the CEO now, apparently. Wow, like I'm moving up on the world like the Jeffersons, but uh, right on. We got Papa B. Sen over here. That's short for Brian Senna, group account director over at DS. And what's funny is that name often gets slandered a bit because no one really knows what an account guy does. But today you're going to see that account goes deeper. We're talking brand. We're talking strategy. We're talking creative. It's all about experiences, so... We're about to give you a little experience. You don't really do labels and titles very well, um, except for when we're just smashing brands to pieces and is building it, the back up is again. Is it holarchy or is it holarocracy? I never knew that. What, holocracy? I, I, whenever I read articles, I never pronounce I it right. Ask Tony Hirsch. He knows everything. I'm the writer, and I don't even know. Holocracy. I don't know. All right, and I'm James Dowd. I'm going to serve as the media. Me- me- I can't even talk. Why am wow, I doing this? Give the guy like three bourbons, and he can't say his name straight. Wow. <laughs> Moderator, because... These two are going to be hurricanes and aren't going to stop. Premise of this show, based off conversations earlier, we look at a brand. We talk about them. We had real experiences. We had bad experiences. We ripped them apart, and we found ourselves putting them back together. So that's exactly what we're going to do. It's very much a repeat of a conversation we've already had where we destroyed a brand that was terrible to us, and then we put them back together in a way that only digital surgeons can. Let's do it. We had bad experiences with the U-Haul. Terrible experiences with the U-Haul. So talk about brand impressions, top of mind. But what I really loved about it was when they handed me the 1980s paperwork. I mean, so they don't know anything about me. They're taking me back to the 80s. I haven't seen a pamphlet that bad since Microsoft Clipart 97 edition. You know, don't get me wrong. I love the little pen guy, but I mean, seriously. And then the whole process from there, I mean, if it wasn't for the really nice guy at the door, like I would have just bounced and been out of there. I mean, James, I know you've you've moved like a zillion times. like Every year. And I used U-Haul every single time until I found Packrat. Every single U-Haul experience, and this is one of the things that started the conversation about the bad neighborhoods we had, was the U-Haul location, I, the last time I used it, wasn't even found on a GPS. Terrible experience, terrible experience. Meanwhile, my neighbor, also using U-Haul, they got bed bugs from it. Oh, man. From U-Haul? How do you get bed bugs? Wait, wait, wait. Did they have sex in the back of the U-Haul? No, this is, it, was, it got on their, uh, their mattress. Ah. See, but you expect bed bugs in like New York City. This was North Carolina. <laughs> bed bugs in <laughs> North <didn't> Carolina. <laughs> Never heard of that. But you got to say to yourself, over years, renting has always been a pretty poor experience. Now, as we move into subscription-based models and we think of the Netflix model that everyone's aspiring to be, renting was typically always something where you'd pick up something. It'd typically be used, refurbished, whatever, nothing great. You'd get rid of it and you'd have it for one need. There's no utility there. So now you think of U-Haul as an experience. You Undeniably, you cannot doubt or deny the fact that U-Haul's brand is recognizable. Uh, but recognizable, I, I thought you were going a different direction even right there. This environment that we're in with renting, with experiences, with sharing, it's about the experience. We know it has it, to be good. But we know that it's bad. But I think that's the whole point is recognizable is starting to not matter if you're giving an absolutely terrible experience. Totally. Listen, there are so many choices now. You hop on Google, you pull your smartphone out. As a consumer, I chose U-Haul and not a different brand because I have an association and I understood U-Haul as a brand. If I thought that there was an offering that would provide even a fraction of a better experience, A, I would pay more money for it, and B, I'd be looking for an experience because essentially, why can't I book online? 
Why can't I remove all that friction? Why do I have to walk up there, wait for the guy to let me in the door because he's the only guy, the poor guy, the nicest, really nice guy over there, right? But these locations, they're small, right? I mean, obviously, the business model needs to evolve in such a way. They could have captured data on me at every step in the journey very, very easily. If they just did it a little bit more when it comes to how they capture my information, they could have retargeted me. They knew when I was moving. They asked me all these questions, right? U-Haul could have opened up so many new streams of revenue if they just had a digitally minded brand experience, right? They could have kept me happy. How was your experience with U-Haul? How can we make it better? So that when someone else needs U-Haul or if I need it again, because I'm moving again in a year or whatever it is, right? Millennials move all the time. I would have come back, but they could have sold me a bunch of extra stuff in the U-Haul store. They had straps and a few things to, to assist me in my journey. But imagine if I got home, they asked me how my experience was. Maybe there was a coupon to Home Advisor or some relationship that they had or a platform that they built. Now we're talking about new ways to drive up the valuation for the brand. And guess what? What do shareholders want? They want more brand value. And it goes more than just market caps and driving revenue. It really starts with understanding what is the net pre present value of my consumer and my customer and how do I create an increased customer lifetime value. Well, I'm telling you, U-Haul, you could very easily increase the lifetime value that you have with me and everyone in my consumer network very, very simply by just understanding more about me, who I am, and then targeting me with very simple messaging that a 20-year-old kid with knowledge of Facebook ads can do. Yeah, my perception, and you know, as a millennial, perception is reality. This is my experience, and I'm going to be dead set on it is that they don't give a shit. Really, U-Haul doesn't give a shit. Why? Because, as you said, they have the brand recognition. They're everywhere. Everyone knows it. It's the go-to response, but that's fading because we want experiences, and so I switched to Packrat. They gave me a customer service representative that I connected with through email. I became friends with her. She handled every problem I had. She pulled the stress out of the moving experience. When the guy came to drop off the pod, I don't remember correctly, but I want to say he hugged me. I was going to say you give him a hug, right? Yeah, that's how it was. Like, it was... It was an incredible experience. That right there, that stuff is what we expect. That's what we demand. And that's the future. U-Haul's not doing it because they don't give a shit. Not, not to mention, I mean, listen, it's so easy. When I gave every, like talk about digital body language, I gave every ounce of digital body language. I was searching for so many move-related things. They could have scooped me up on a retargeting journey so easily and hit me with some DIY ads or the kinds of things that were going to make me comfortable going with U-Haul. Again, they could have had my business in a number of different areas. I stumbled upon them. So you're right. They don't care. But you know who didn't care too? Blockbuster didn't care. They're like, we don't care about small video stores because we're the only game in town. Just like Raymore and Flanagan. They didn't They didn't care about people buying their mattress in other places. You know, They were one of the only game in town, at least locally much bigger places globally and, and nationally. But yeah, and then Casper comes around. You know, who's going to buy a mattress online? You're crazy, right? One of my friends is the, one of the experienced designers over there, right? Literally, but they're wait, killing oh, it. But wait a second. So Blockbuster didn't die because Netflix came out. Blockbuster died because they charged late fees. People's habits changed. People became much busier. So I think we need to point out the fact that most people complain about millennials being entitled. And oh, yes, they're cause-based, but you know what? They were raised in an era where they don't know what they don't know. The thing is, U-Haul should look at the millennial consumer and they should recognize the fact that we are dying. We will go away very soon because we've been sitting on top of this hill because they've had leverage. But what, what I think Le you're saying here, Brian, though, I mean, listen, first off, we can argue about Blockbuster and that could be like the battle of the titans because they died for a hell of a lot more reasons than because they had stale popcorn and charged late fees, right? Blockbuster died the same reason that many organizations today are getting disrupted. It's because of the experience model, right? Brands have to stand something for something. I think it was the CEO of Kind that said a brand is a promise. And that really stuck with me because it's about that story, right? 
U-Haul started in a garage. I know that because I Googled it. Connect with me with that experience. As an entrepreneur, I want to use U-Haul because that's the original founding story. Not because they're some publicly traded giant stock market company. But my whole thing is this. Behaviors are shifting. It's not generations, millennials, plurals, and the next. It's behaviors. And with behaviors shifting in the internet, in these smartphones that are burning holes in our pockets, and God knows what else they're giving us, right? Why are they not paying attention to it? Now, you're right, James. They're not, they don't need to because they don't care. But I think they do need to care. Because I think w- what they're basically saying right now is create a disruptor. All someone has to do is find out a different business model. I mean, shit, Uber can disrupt them, right? Because realistically, it's DIY moving, right? If I have a moving truck and I want to just not use it for the weekend, I can have my truck available for somebody to rent. You all actually tried a car sharing service. I don't know if you saw it or how well it's doing, but I remember seeing it somewhere on like Wikipedia or something. I, somebody should Google it. But but seriously, like their experience is broken. Wait, they tried a, a car sharing service, you all? I'm almost positive. I mean, I'm literally going to Google it because- If you have a pickup truck, that's a great idea. Yeah, totally. Uber pickup moving. Yeah, totally. Connect with someone who has a pickup truck on a weekend to move crap. College hunks hauling junk. That's how it started. There get, you go. Get one truck. Get one truck. We have off. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna go off in my off time, and I'm gonna help people move. I actually used them once as well. Were you a college hunk while using college hunk? No, because I would invite questions. <laughs> it was two moves ago, and they sat in the back of the truck on their phones, and I ended up moving the stuff and firing them. U-Haul Car Share is Another a for-profit yeah. car sharing service offered by U-Haul in nearly 40 cities in the U.S. It was founded in 2007. They're in 30 places, and it's a car share program by U-Haul, according to Wikipedia. I mean, seriously. So they were so close to getting that model, right? When you think about it, the way to subsidize it. I mean, dude, Elon Musk is talking about putting solar panels on the top of Tesla. And if he can ever get the damn thing passed where the cars are autonomous and they're actually moving around, shit, I would have my Tesla just going out there paying its bill for me every month and giving people rides. But, but the question is, you talked about a lot of recommendations that could transform their business. Experience, digital marketing, reading your digital body language. All that's awesome. But riddle me the fact that where would you start if you were the, the lead, the sole chair of U-Haul and you had to start somewhere? Because even if you were to bring on a great branding agency to map out their identity and say, what do we stand for? Even if you were to bring on a great digital agency to think of the next, the next mind-blowing campaign, every location of U-Haul, some are corporate owned, most are franchised. If you look in the 10, 15 mile radius just around us right now, you'll see pins dropped all over the place for U-Haul location. Offer me an Uber to get there and give me a free ride to and from my things. So I don't have to park my nice car in your terrible destination. But where would you jack. start though? My point is if we have franchise locations that have leadership teams you can't control and have employees who are probably making minimum wage, if I was sole chair, I would start off, take small pockets and I would run pilot campaigns in small areas where I'd transform the way the locations looked, felt, acted. Now, some people would say, well, I don't know, because with a monolithic brand like U-Haul, would that create a disjointed experience? It doesn't matter. Everything they're doing right now is awful as it is. My perspective is, if I was in the chair, I'd say, let me go to New Haven, Connecticut, your experience that you had. I would start there and I would build out a way for them. Maybe they beautify the trucks. Maybe well, let, they me ask you, well, let me ask you a question. You're a titan, and I totally agree with you. In fact, the idea that we're able to offer graduated growth as a small boutique company when we compete with some of the largest consultancies in the world, I think is one of the reasons why we are here talking brand standing, right? I mean, I think it's it's exciting. But let me just talk about riddle me this, riddle me that. You got a finance background, right? Do me a favor, take a look at that stock chart right there. Let's talk market cap. Let's talk shareholder value here. Do me a favor, Mr. Financial Analyst guy. What's that stock price look like for you? How's that, how's that ticker tape going, Brian? Just give me a quick reaction on that chart right there. 
And then, then I'll have a few extra things to say. What, in terms of the current valuation or what I can expect from a trend perspective? Would you buy U-Haul stock based on what you see on that trend line? Talk to me. I would say no, because okay. he, there's a few reasons why. Why? Talk to me. I buy businesses and I buy brands that are on an evolution path. So when people talk about, oh, you know, the, the future is in all these young digital accelerated companies. No, the future is in brands that are looking at various facets where I don't need to look at this. I don't need to look at their price to earnings ratio. I don't need to look at you know what they're yielding from a return perspective. All I need to look at is what is in the hopper to be getting done. When I think of the color orange, and I mention this, I think of four brands. U-Haul is definitely one of them. Gatorade being another. Tide. I think of Home Depot. If U-Haul's in the consideration set, it doesn't really matter what their stock price is trading. It doesn't matter what their holdings company looks like because they're, they're not announcing anything that's going to be coming down the pike that's going to make me believe in them. Right now, they don't care about their consumer because they don't have to. People need trucks and people are not gonna hire a moving service. The majority of America that is moving and driving 75 miles or 100 miles to move to their next destination because we're spoiled, right? We live in the New York metro area where when we move, you know, typically, oh God, we break a sweat. I gotta move from one town to the next. It's an eight minute drive. It's ridiculous. Most people that use U-Haul need a truck to drive a long way. They're not gonna hire a moving company. It's gonna be ridiculously expensive. The reason, not to get off point, the reason why I would never buy that is because their social media, they don't say anything on social that's, that's announcing to the world what they can believe in. They're not doing anything from a direct email perspective. They're not telling their consumers like, hey, by the way, you had a really shitty experience. And I realized that all the images on the left and right hand side of a U-Haul make no sense whatsoever. There's aliens, there's llamas, there's alpacas, there's planes. None of it makes sense. No one's apologizing for it. So I would not buy a stock that's not apologized, that's unapologetic to their failure. Plain and simple. Well, you think they should apologize for the fun facts on their trucks? No, I think they should apologize for their experience. <laughs> I think they should apologize for what they what they made me go through. Even in a brand new U-Haul truck. Have you ever driven a brand new U-Haul truck like, where you actually feel offended inside? I do. To the point where you get to a stoplight and it, you're rented. Everyone knows you're renting a truck, but you're offended because someone's looking at you and you're in a U-Haul. See, I, see, I don't know if I agree crazy. with that. I mean, like, listen. But then are, again, I don't, are you I don't, not offended? Yeah, well, I'm, what, I'm, I'm wearing a $20 t-shirt and you look like you just walked off out of Saks Fifth Avenue. So, true. I mean, it's, it's, Wait, <laughs> it's definitely true. Listen. One of the things that initially started this conversation, though, was how uncomfortable I felt. The stress in my life of driving those trucks and how it was. They're not that bad. It it stresses me out so much. What? They are. How are how wait you, Mister, have been on top of on top of this the most, hating on you all. How are there? How are you not embarrassed? You drive. No, a I'm Tesla. not. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not I embarrassed about to drive the trucks. I'm I'm scared. It is truly stressful. It's too big of a machine to operate, and it Aren't freaks me the boy? hell out. You're a bad son, boy. Never drove a box truck before. Come on. I have. It doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Is that's why, Pod, Packrat, these new emerging brands, they're the disruptors. Because I, they take they no, take I, the movers out of it. I completely agree with you. They take the driving out of it. They, they take everything out and they and add they a, a digital experience communication experience. Yeah. But I think listen, we're totally saying the same thing. When I when I made the point about experience models, what I was basically saying here is there are new ways to unlock revenue here. They can all but copy. They can they can pull a, a Facebook Instagram, right? And copy the goddamn story, which is what Snap basically let's steal from Snapchat. You all can directly rob the business model from Packrat and some other things. They could create new lines of business because one thing they have, they've got brand association, they've got brand recall, and they've got a big, big, big market cap mm -hmm. on their business. But my thing is when I when I look holistically at some of the most successful businesses and brands in the world right now, what do they look like? They don't have inventory, right? U-Haul, right? U-Haul versus Uber. No cars. Netflix, 
versus past business models. Everything is being digitally transformed. So the point I say very simply is even just the kiosk and check-in process, start there. Start with the user, start understanding the, the consumer at a deeper level that's not just some fake panel-based survey study. Start understanding me as a consumer and building that journey and building that art. Because you're absolutely right. They have the audience. They have the recall. They have the ability to directly target and create a better experience for a higher-end consumer. For the, the lower-income consumer that's looking for the more economy type of things, you know, one thing that U-Haul's got going for them, listen, they say it in the back of their trucks, and it's true. Their ramp is super, super low, right? Not all their trucks come with the ramp they can put down. That makes it a hell of a lot easier if you're not some jack guy trying to put some boxes in a truck, right? So that's that's one thing. They, they've got that in terms of equipment, but they've got a shitload of inventory. And what I'm saying is inventory, not just in the physical sense of the amount of trucks that they have and locations that they have. They have inventory in Mindshare. And if they use that Mindshare, if they use that search behavior to take you to a good experience... Moving doesn't have to suck, just like buying a bed doesn't have to suck, just like tuning into content doesn't have to suck. So what I want to see them do is look at all the great experiences out there that have nothing to do with moving. Why isn't U-Haul selling me stuff? I was just a customer from them two weeks ago. I need a ton of shit in my new house for moving, right? I need cleaning supplies. I need all kinds of things. They can open up a secondary marketplace for all the stuff I need to sell now that won't fit my new house. They have all this data. And if there's one thing that they can learn from the big guys, the Facebooks, the Googles, et cetera, it's how do you take that data? Data is the currency of the future, right? It's literally like oil. It is a renewable resource. It is not going anywhere. There's more data accumulated in U-Haul's ecosystem on a daily basis than they have any idea about. And I know that because I know some data scientists that have come across and worked with different agencies that have worked with U-Haul. So I've got a little bit of inside track and they're not on top of that game. Simple moves. To answer your question, Brian, simple moves. I'm not saying re give them a new logo. God, no. Where, but where would, you, where would you start? Where I would if, start? Listen, if you had a business that had several franchise locations all over the world or all over the U.S., start with the U.S., and you focused on on making a decision that had to get rolled out. Where would you start? Because you're talking about looking at businesses. You're talking about small iterative changes. I love every single one of those. And I think we can actually, as digital surgeons, influence the location on site. I would. Here's where I would start. Everything I said is primed and ripe for a center of excellence. One of the things that U-Haul has going for it is, like you said, they've got distressed inventory locations. Where do U-Hauls typically pop up, James? Talk me through where U-Hauls typically pop up, and then I'll follow up in a second. Cheapest possible place. Why? The only place is one... The location that's big enough that you can put a lot of trucks on, it's where it's affordable. And that's the middle of nowhere or the worst possible place you could end up going to. So to answer your question, Brian, what I would start with is I would look at the top locations and I would look at the bottom locations in terms of gross revenue. I would look at where some of the biggest pain points were. And I would sit down with the CEO. In fact, I'd like to sit down with the CEO and the board and really understand what is their forward outlook? What is their digital transformation stance on where U-Haul is going? Walk me through five years, 10 years, 15 years in their mindset, or even just take me the next two to four years. What I want to understand is from a systems perspective, from a data perspective, from an experience perspective, what are they planning on doing? That's, that's where I would start before I did anything. And what I would do is I would isolate a region. I would isolate a market and I would do my best to understand how to transform a particular consumer type or a market type or a series of locations or a region and how I can drive immediate additional customer lifetime value. Once I understood that, and I, I can talk about how I do that in a second. Once I understood that, what I would have our team do from a strategy and creative perspective is start creating authentic stories that get them to pull people into those experiences. And then once I'm already buying U-Haul because they already have the consumer base, I would figure out ways to create additional upsell, cross-sell in a way that is authentic to U-Haul. 
And once they did that, and once I was able to prove that, I would start to scale that out and I would start to create additional things. But what I would also do is in many ways, the U-Haul consumer is the Walmart consumer. And what Walmart did was really, really smart is they built Walmart labs. And I'm sure U-Haul's doing that. I'm sure they've got a center of excellence somewhere. That's in a press release that I didn't find because I wasn't looking that deep. U-Haul is in specific locations. I would partner with an organization like Black Girls Code and be able to bring in young engineers to come up with amazing, brilliant ideas to transform their communities to make U-Haul a bigger part of the community. I would do things like that because then people are going to care about U-Haul because of what U-Haul stands for. And that's the thing they're going to tell their kids about and their kids' kids about. And that's going to future-proof the stance of U-Haul when in the future, we're going to be able to pull our smartphones out or whatever connected device is wired into our body because we're like cyborgs. And I would make sure that those things traversed and turned into opportunities for U-Haul's business. So I think that the thing we have to do is really focus on experience, Bri. And you're right. They've got that orange, but how are they owning it? They've got a whole month for Orange, but they don't do anything about it. I think one really cool service that they could bring on board, if you talk about being in the middle of nowhere, bad areas typically, what if they offered a car wash service for when you drop your car off, you rent a truck, and goes through, it gets treated, gets detailed, added revenue. Even at the start, you might not even have any transfer of coin because maybe that just adds to their experience. If they're trying to invest back in people, think about the delight. Because I started thinking in my head like, well, you grab your truck, you drop things off, they're not going to have a beer with you because you got to get back in your U-Haul and go drop it off. You know, when you're there on location, it's not like if they reform out of the lobby, they have great music or small games and foosball tables or arcade machines. It's not like they can go that route. They're never going to be premium. What if they added some utility? Car wash. Or as Pete said, you don't put your car there because an Uber picks you up and whether it's added cost and it goes or right into your bill. Or a car share if it's in a, one of the participating cities. Mm. So you don't have to worry about your car being there. Yeah, again, I think, you know, Brian, it really comes down to picking a region, picking a testbed market. You know, one of the things that I think we can really prove here from this conversation is when we were p figuring out for brand standing, what's the first brand we're going to talk about? And I, obviously, when I was just complaining the other day to James, he's like, let's talk about U-Haul tonight. Absolutely right. We haven't even dug in yet. Can you just imagine if we spent 30 minutes with a couple of key stakeholders at U-Haul, just how much we can really help them transform and change their business, how much we can figure out something we can immediately put into action tomorrow. What I guess I'm saying here is U-Haul doesn't have to spend millions of dollars with the big consultancies to figure out small ways to hack their brand. And I think it can start on a small level on, a, on one location for one consumer at a time. And for any person out there that thinks that one location, one idea, one thing doesn't scale, I would challenge them to look at some of the other markets that are outside of moving and durable goods and those kinds of things. Because these are the organizations that are realizing that if they just look outside of their small niche, they'll realize all the answers are already out there. All they've got to do is start better listening to their consumers, and they're not doing it right now. I mean, a couple thousand followers on Instagram, one could argue, who wants to follow a U-Haul on Instagram? If it had interesting content that was timely, if they're doing smart sponsored posts that would help me around, hey, spring cleaning that time of year, you might need to move some stuff. You know, wife getting mad at you, and they're going to know all the stuff about me because of their DMP. They got a data management platform. They've got years worth of data that they're doing nothing with, right? So there's so many things that we can do. And I get excited because it's like you don't have to completely change all your systems to digitally transform. Sometimes you just got to try one small thing. I mean, shit, many of the things that Walmart Labs has launched, including their e-commerce platform, which is completely proprietary, by the way, were incubated with an idea that a few people had. So how does U-Haul tap into the collective genius that the internet has? How does U-Haul tap into the communities inside of their communities? I don't think they are. Because well, they, they've got to just stop focusing on their business as trucks, right? Because the whole notion is, okay, well, we need to keep refreshing our fleet. 
We need to you know, think about how we make the driving experience better. And that's such a fraction of their business if you really think about all the time that you as a consumer have to put in. You get nothing in return. Imagine paying for a service and all you get in return is a use of equipment. That's got to be changed, right? Because if we talk about experience, there's nothing that they're giving back at all. You know, you go into a subway, right? It's a franchise location. You go in, you buy a sandwich, you leave. At least you get the utility benefit of, oh, my tummy feels nice. That tasted pretty good. Oh, I tried a meatball grinder today, unless they're not selling it. By well, the wouldn't U-Hauls be that they are the the biggest? They are everywhere. So you it's just a little bit of convenience. Accessibility. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that their business focuses only on that portion of it, which is the trucks, mm -hmm. which I think that's the short-sighted angle of this because we're in an era now where it's fail fast, iterate. Make a mistake, fix it. We don't have to have a million-dollar photo shoot. We could have 10 $100,000 photo shoots, create some content, see which one works best, and then put all of our eggs in that basket. But U-Haul's not doing that, though. Right, the funny like, thing is, they could. you're talking about testing. Pick a few markets, see, absolutely. Test, test 10 different experiences, see which one has the best recourse, then solicit feedback there. And you know maybe we think about the whole car wash mechanism as a one market experiment. Maybe we think about the car sharing as another mechanism or experiment. I think we test those 10, and then I would, I really am a believer though at a company like U-Haul that's so far behind, that's got so much distaste. For every bad customer experience you have, you have to have 12 good ones to reverse someone's appeal and thought on a brand. Easily, and those numbers are changing no, daily. No, for sure. And, and that's not even accounting the fact that people's attention spans are next to nothing now. So you, you fool me once, like the shame is already there, I'm out. So my point is, with this specifically, I think U-Haul needs to take a stand and apologize. I think similar to somebody who gets in a sex scandal, similar to somebody who says something totally off color, comes out and goes, listen, you know, I'm sorry. And most of the time, these people don't mean anything that they say. A PR rep representative gave them a sheet to read off of. They read it and they're disingenuous and people can see right through that. It doesn't take a millennial who's been around the block a few times to see through that because it's not genuine. Well, but let me just finish this one point though. Sure, sure. So I think it, it's now time for U-Haul to take a stance, apologize on a grand scale and be like, listen, I would actually almost see like an apologetic campaign where they use the orange of U-Haul, where they use the branding, and how clever the name U-Haul actually is, and take some of the positives of the business, and just tell the, tell the U.S. it's time, guys. And but I guess my question is, this apologize rollout. for what? I think they should apologize for the fact that they've been taking advantage for the for those yeah. colorful trucks. Yeah, I think they should. The be, they, should they should apologize for making me see camels, llamas, and fish. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They should apologize for the amount of times I've rented probably seven U-Hauls. I moved six times in seven years. So on seven different occasions, or six different occasions, I rented a truck, had a bad experience. At one point, one of the doors, the locks seized up on a U-Haul, so couldn't even get back into the truck. Had to call them to come on site. That was a disaster. I disagree with you. I don't think they have anything to apologize for because honestly, you're a sucker right now. I actually think what some startup founder should do, hearing who hears this brand standing podcast, is they should figure out a way to disrupt on a small scale. Pick a university, pick an incubator, whether it's tech stars or 500 startups, whatever it is, and they should come in and they, and they should disrupt on a small scale the same way that the CEO of Rent the Runway, which is now one of the largest dry cleaners, dry cleaners businesses in, in the country, the same way that that happened, and they started out literally just testing some things, and now they're this huge, awesome they startup. Need, they didn't need to have bad or goodwill, though. The point I want to say apologize? is because when you have a business with so much equity, when you have a brand that has so much equity, Rent the Runway, absolutely genius. We both saw the CEO of Rent the Runway, the founder of that business, talk about her concept, and she was unbelievably poised on stage. And she understood commerce and transactions and experience probably better than anybody. But she didn't have to worry about people having bad or goodwill because she was just starting. 
my point with you, Hall, is when you give enough people a chance to be like, ah, awful, terrible, but you went back. You're you're a smart consumer who knows how to shop for products, goods, and services, and you went back. So there's I think no the, alternative. But, but this is but this is but the, you're asking for disruption. Though. What I'm saying is disrupt. But with a company of that scale, if you're going to disrupt and you're going to have this mechanism of ten experiments that we talked about that I just sure, mentioned, sure. all I'm saying is at least let the people know it's coming. And I've talked about it in several meetings that we've recently had. I, I referenced Patagonia. And I talked about the fact that when we talk about the naked truth and people being transparent and honest about where they're lacking, calling it out and saying, listen, take a look at this. I realize this is bad. I'm a company that stands for environmental sustainability. I care about the world, but I'm polluting landfills and I'm giving you a jacket that is covered in a very, very harsh abrasive chemical to prevent the rain. When they stood up and they said, oh, I realize, guys, you're going to recognize something in us. We just realized the damage we're causing by using this chemical. First, I want to apologize. But second, our commitment is to get rid of that chemical by this point. They didn't even put an end date on it. They just said it's a phased approach. But I think here's the thing. I absolutely agree with you. And I think you're onto something really interesting. And it's a good thing you've got an army of strategists behind you who obviously validate all the research before we make brash decisions here, you know, like what we're talking about right now. But this is the thing, James. One of the things that you love, right, you're always talking about is the narrative around World War II. And obviously, we can't be millennials and not be unconsciously affected by what happened with 9-11, right? There's just these moments, these eras that have stories associated with them. I didn't know until I was really digging in just a few moments before we got on air here that U-Haul wrote an amazing book called The Noble Function because U-Haul literally moved America. And there was a whole story about that. I had no idea about that. As an experience-driven consumer, that's a story that would move me. That's a story that would get me excited. And here's the thing, too. U-Haul doesn't have to create a new line of business. U-Haul can literally create a new product that they own that basically monetizes the either low-end consumer or the high-end consumer. But the whole thing I'm thinking about here is if there's one thing that U-Haul needs to fix, it's their consumer experience. Whether they apologize or not is to be determined, right? I, w- I would love to go to blows with, with you. I look at you getting excited yeah. about the heartstrings, though. Right. I, well, I also I know the, I know the backstory <laughs> of the brand, and I don't care. And that's what's interesting. You you even mentioned the World War II thing. The founder was a World War II vet. And the whole premise was moving people who were coming back and there was no moving options from city to city after World War II. And so he created it. Amazing. I love World War II era history, but I don't care if you give me a terrible experience. And so right. you made a comment about being smart consumer that you went back. I didn't go back. I have tried two more since then. And then- I have well, I found something better. You're a smarter consumer. <laughs> but my point very simply is how they could have fixed Brian is very, very easily. When he had a bad experience and they literally could have just at the end of his experience when he returned the truck and he literally threw the keys at the person, all they had to have happen when he was literally turning in the keys was have a person ask a simple question. Smiley face, unhappy face, neutral. And based on that, follow up with him with a very simple email, automated email. I mean, shit, you don't need AI for that, right? Very simple marketing automation tactic. How was your experience? And he says, shitty, unhappy face, stupid, simple, right? Literally, you could hi- hire a graphic designer on 99designs for 50 bucks to do this, right? You could also leverage about 10 different platforms and services. <laughs> Don't get do me started. My point is that's an easy fix, right? And they can fix that very, very simple in a way because they already have that data. They already have an ERP system, which is collecting email addresses, right? So play off of that and then basically say, Oh, I'm sorry to hear your experience was bad, Brian. If you could share that with us, we want to make it better for you next time. And then when your digital body language indicates that you're going to be moving again, get right back in top of funnel. The ad's going to be cheap because they're retargeting you and you're in their platform already. And then they could do something really, really simple for you. It could be a couple dollars off. It could be a number of things. But more importantly, 
pre, during, post. Forget about their apologies. Forget about their awful consumer experience, right? Just the customers that they have right now. How do you grow a business or a brand? Really simple. You sell more shit to the people that you already have, or you sell new people new shit or new people your shit, right? Like not to get crude, I mean, obviously here, but we're having a little bit of fun. And those that don't want to hear me. So we're breaking things down to layman's terms. I think it's now time to recognize some of the great things that U-Haul does, what they're great for, what's made them great. Yeah, because I want to say I've been attacking totally. There is an element here that opportunity, like they are huge. I've been saying nothing but bad experience, but that just means opportunity. Opportunities to transform. Opportunity to improve on those things. I'm sure, I'm sure there's people over there trying, and I some part of me feels bad that I'm attacking those poor people for bad experiences that I had. But I think we talk about that opportunity. What do they have? Well, I think there's a lot of positive opportunities, but also don't look at it as you're bashing or attacking. I think what you were doing is you were venting, and I think you were you had your brand strategist, your creative strategist, <laughs> which was the point of this. It's like let's yeah, go, yeah. let's go vent, and let's talk marketing <laughs> strategy, <laughs> which I think gets to a good place because we're all cathartic. In nature, we all want to get to a good place. And for me, yeah, I had a few things. I mentioned the apology comment, but if you really think about it, right now, if you were to go on Yelp and you were to look up U-Haul and you look at all the single solitary locations in your surrounding area, you would be hard-pressed to find more than a one-star review. Most of them don't have any reviews whatsoever. So I think if we we really start doing this, now U-Haul should start encouraging people to leave their positive reviews get on Yelp, leave a positive review because there is a lot of people that are having great experiences. Brand new truck, load their stuff. It's a happy moment in most cases that someone is going in, they're moving. So I think if we look at U-Haul as a business and we look at how many locations, happy what they were- experience. Moving is never happy. Uh, the end destination is though. You yeah, gotta, sure. it's a, usually yeah. it's a big move. Because I mean, my, my initial reaction when you just said that was, what is the positive experience? Like what would make me want to leave a review? When we were walking actually into the studio, I was thinking, what one word would you use to describe this experience or this brand? Not orange or trucks, but like what's that like residual camaraderie for me? Camaraderie. So that's what I was thinking uh, convenience. Yeah, totally. But convenience, right? So let's very simple. Back to the journey stuff. But wait, give them the choice: happy, sad, or whatever. Anybody who says happy, automate sending them an email saying thanks so much. We're glad you loved your service here, right? Even if it's one in a hundred people. Give them a link that they click, and then it starts to populate a review for them. And they have, and they have at least the technology resources to do that. Sure. But I want to talk about camaraderie because you are somebody that you're part of a lot of brotherhood, right? You're a hockey player. You do a lot of things where you're surrounded by people that you like. The reason why I think camaraderie is because in my last six experiences that I've had, a couple of them, yeah, I had their, their rough points. <laughs> it's like touching a, pr- a pricker bush at times. But the times where I had the most camaraderie is when I sat with someone, maybe my best friend that was also my roommate, that we were moving together. Or I moved and I took a U-Haul and my father was in my passenger seat. And we laughed like no other. See, now that's a story they should tell. Yeah, and the thing is, it brought us to sit in a two-seated, massive box Mm -hmm. truck. And we laughed like no other because the thing is, we had so much adversity with the move that that was our time to unload and unwind. And I think those are the things that we should start maximizing. And when we talk about user-generated content, the majority of brands, this is my own personal perspective, I don't think... You know, I want to coin it as that, but I think the brands that are winning the most are the ones that allow the consumers to help dictate their message, but give them enough material and give them enough of a great experience or great product that allows them to say positive things. For instance, we were working today, I won't disclose, but we're working today with a consumer packaged goods company to do grain-free, soy-free, gluten-free products, super healthy. They're disrupting the market all over. And he's just going into categories and he's just launching new products. That He's going to be mad though that you didn't give him a plug. Uh, well, can I? 
I don't know. It's can up I? to you. You're the group account director. I, I, I don't think I can yet. No I think plugs. it's early. No, no plugs yet. But I want to tell yeah. you is in one episode future, I will give him a plug because he is one of the most brilliant strategists and innovators that I've ever literally had the honor of sitting across the table I from. I agree. Well, let's not talk about him. Let's bring him on the show. What do you yeah. think, Brendan? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's a perfect idea. That's why you're the disruptor. <laughs> but what the point I was trying to make is that what he's Job done security. is, and he's, he's bringing out new innovations rapidly, like super fast to market that mm -hmm. are all very different than the next, but they all carry one unified bond and that's better for you baking. That's what we're positioning as. But here's the thing. He's allowing his community to post positive feedback and positive commentary. So my suggestion is you all should be allowing users to publish positive content because of those moments. Have a contest where you're showing people, show me your moment where you laughed. Show me a moment where you were humbled by See, the moving experience. How does that, how do they keep that being authentic? I think it could be authentic because it doesn't have to be a giveaway. Because right? I worry about a massive brand like that. If, and I've seen their face. If they go, show us that smiling truck moment, I'm going to look at it and go, nah, come on, dude. Come on, you all. Yeah, it could be like, a shitty idea. Because they need, <laughs> well, they, I, I mean, I, I actually, they need to find a way to be authentic. That's that's one of the things I agree about being on the account team, Brad, is when if it's a bad idea, you're like, ah, I'm just an accounts guy. But if it's a really good idea, you be like, I don't get enough creative credit. <laughs> also the truth. It's very true. <laughs> See, but I really like, even use it within the truck. Yeah, father, son, husband, wife, you know, two buddies. That's absolutely true. But they need to be more authentic to be able to say, well, tell like that, that story. Have you guys seen that University of Phoenix ad? It's really moving. It's really powerful. It's um, it's about a woman who moving through different generations and the and the immigrant one. It might be immigrant. The one the one she did all that work for her granddaughter so yeah. she can go to college. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, just like a really moving thing. And at the end of it, the University of Phoenix logo comes up, and I was like, "You." <laughs> I'm not going to talk about bad about University of Phoenix, but the the point very simply is like, at the end of that journey, I'm just like let down, right? Whereas like I was yeah. so moved, I no, was like, no, no, no. You, hold on, you weren't let down. It was unexpected to the point where it bothered you because you were like, wait, that's not true. So was it inauthentic? That's, yeah, that's, yes, that's but, let but, down. But wait, but wait, how is that inauthentic though? Because University of Phoenix is aspiring to take a moment in time. The that might be a true story. Maybe, but the reason no, for you- No, you just discounted that. You can't. No, but well, let's stay with U-Haul. The reason U-Haul, <laughs> it would be inauthentic is because they're not telling their stories. If they are telling them, right. then where are they? So are you asking for a Super Bowl ad? Oh, God. Then what are you asking for? Because how are we going to make it authentic for a brand that big? You got to go local, right? Yeah. But at the local level, are we going back to Pete's example about, I don't remember the exact example. <laughs> Um, <laughs> must have been a good one. No, it was for no engineers, the front end developers. Black Girls Code. It's an amazing, amazing organization. They they do some great stuff. We've we've worked with them in the past. So it, based on that, that example is at the local level. What do you think? You're out loud brainstorming. How would it be more authentic? Because clearly, I, <laughs> clearly, I botched the, the opportunity to be authentic. But I I want to know. Do you feature people's faces on the side of you all? Full circle. <laughs> Digital uh, sides of trucks. Full circle. Digital sides of trucks moments. <laughs> <laughs> That's not serious. No, no. no I, I, I hear you. Like this I want a car wash. When I'm at U-Haul, listen, they have the real estate to do it. But either way. you know how to make Brian Senna here on Brand Setting happy. Just give the guy a car wash. That's it. You I know? will drive there. If we look at. You drive a BMW. You don't need a car wash. Everybody needs a car wash. <laughs> Remember that. That's a good tagline. So there's there's a notion Tag of. Tagline. Yeah. Circa 1987. <laughs> Let's put, hey, Don. Wait, tag tag, wait, taglines are now evolved to be value-added messages. Okay, Value-driving messaging. Va no, value-added. Because no. value-driving, they don't drive value. They're value-added messages. No, because right? it's, it's driving Order value. Free, going global, simplified. That's a value-added message. It's, there's no driving value to that. Yeah, because it's, the value's not in the message. It's the transfer 
of value. Oh, that's hogwash. You it's, can't even take I'm that. I'm the one who came up with the phrase. Yeah, I'm quoting your phrase, but I actually disagree with it. <laughs> Tagline's dead. Tagline's dead. Tagline is dead. Yeah. Okay. Tagline value message. Value message. If the value board meal. of the if the board of directors for U-Haul was hosting a meeting in a studio across the street, first thing that you would want to tell them in the street so that they could continue to have another 50 plus years of success and growth as a brand that is probably globally known. Globally known, nationally recognized, moving people across the country. What would you tell or ask the board of directors? Let's go around the room. I don't know if I would ask the board of directors anything just first because I want to throw I want to throw a little a little bait out there just to see if they caught it, see if they were excited. I think the first thing I'd bring up is I would tell them that it's now time to explore partnerships. Things like partnering with a company like Zillow, which has to do with moving, home transfer. People are on it all the time. I know people that actually go on Zillow just to look at house valuations in their spare time. It's a hobby for them. Beautiful mobile app, a ton of data. They're really, really taking over the market in, in, in a lot of ways. I would talk about partnerships to that degree. I'd also talk about partnerships with individuals' ability to make U-Haul much more than a truck rental service. But then I would also talk to them about digital transformation because the comment that I would say is, it would be a rhetorical question, but I would point out and I'd say, how do you think people's experience is with your company? And right as they were about to look up and probably answer that question, I'd cut them off and I'd say, you don't know because you're not doing enough to test it. I think the most salient points that Pete's been making throughout this entire discussion is that it's our fiduciary responsibility to ask people, hey, how was it? And if it was great, awesome, I'm going to follow that up. And if it was poor, I'm going to do something for you because I'm going to make that right. So it'd be, a, it'd be a duality of it's time for U-Haul to get out of the U-Haul solitary thought and look for partnerships, third-party vendors, things that can elevate their experience that way. And then the second would be how do we find out what people's experiences are through welcome and confirmation emails, through maybe timestamps a la Domino's Pizza Tracker, or even just simple, non-disruptive emoji-style surveys. That's where I would go. But I think, guys, we're talking about AmeriCo here, right? When we look at the board of directors, I mean, a simple Google search. Really, really, really simply. What the company, the AmeriCo, the parent company of U-Haul, they're coining themselves as North America's largest do-it-yourself moving and self-storage operator. They're seeing themselves as a real estate company, insurance company, and the Oxford Life Insurance Company. They already have the partnerships that we need. Right? So what I would say to that board of directors is you guys have an amazing company, an amazing brand. You have literally changed the fabric of people's lives for an extremely long time, but you're not telling anyone about it. So the only story that's being told is the story that you see while you're driving a U-Haul or when one drives by you. And you're absolutely top of mind already for me as a prospective mover or a past mover or one that just moved last month. But you're not doing it with the same level of emotion and positive storytelling that you did when you first created this business, starting from the garage, coming back after wartime. That's the story that needs to be told, but doing it in a modern day, digitally connected era. Forget about digital transformation. There's probably a million consultancies in there dropping very, very thick books with playbooks and transformation protocols and marketing clouds and all the big names. The way U-Haul can fix their brand and their business is by tapping into the hearts and minds of the connected consumer. That's the way that you call can do it. They have all the pieces. Oh, they have all whoa. the partnerships. What, but what would you say? doesn't matter what nah. I'm saying. You got a group, board of directors. You had their ear for a moment. What would you say? What I would say to them is that they're doing a good job, but there's a couple of blind spots that I'd like to tell them about if they had a couple of moments to grab a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wine? <laughs> You drink wine with them? 
You sit down, you have a glass of bourbon. Neat. I do it on the rocks, but <laughs> listen, if you're trying to keep their business it's neat. It's a Thursday night. But wait a, a second. A glass of wine is a little bit more cash. But you, sa- <laughs> you said connected consumer. But what would you say? Because connected consumer, that's a mystical term. I feel like if I walked any further, the Wizard of Oz might be there. There's, there's dreams. What does that mean to them? What that means to them is the power of telematics and being able to have a connected fleet. What that means to them is being able to understand a more mobile-rich data strategy, to understand more about the consumer on the move and the before, during, and after transaction and the customer journey that they're having with their consumers and their audience. So you'd say, just so I understand it too, is when I think of the connected consumer, it's somebody who is, you know, their phone is their, the remote controller of their life. They have data points that they can offer up, but they're constantly connected to multiple applications. So you'd want to help U-Haul understand how we can tap into the connected consumer, or you'd want to take that to be, how can I make my business more connected? If U-Haul is all about convenience and gives me the ability to easily walk in and rent a truck from anywhere in the country, anywhere in North America, they are ubiquitous when it comes to do-it-yourself moving. But they're not playing off of any of the elements of ubiquity that are already in my pocket. I want to be able to know when I search for U-Haul on a book on my phone, simple, easy, check out with Apple Pay or whatever my embedded transaction platform is. So when I get there, that truck is ready. I'm in, I'm in that truck. I'm out. I've got any supplies or things that I need. And when I come back, it's quick, it's easy, it's frictionless. Because we all know there's plenty of friction when you're trying to move something down the steps yourself and put it in the back of a U-Haul, no matter what they do and how great of a job they do. So again, I think if U-Haul is all about do-it-yourself moving and the power of their brand is in the truck, the awareness of the truck and what the truck does for someone, they need to get to the truck faster and they need to get the, the truck back faster. You know, it's funny you say that too. Small tracking beacons. Uh, yeah, that's telemetry. No, but why doesn't that exist for them? They do, but they might already have a connected fleet that we're not aware of. and they might be But it's not tracking. connected to consumers. So for instance, right, let, let's assume in, just in the state of Connecticut, they pilot it. It'd be great if you were waiting at a house for me to arrive to drop my stuff off and you could track my journey, very similar to just track your ride with Uber. You could send somebody the route. That's actually a really good safety feature that most people don't know about Uber. You can actually share your route with someone so that if you go off course, boom, that can get flagged. Yeah, but again, I love that those ideas. and, and We got to pass them to pass the James No, Steph. for sure. I love those ideas and they're super kitschy. But again, you asked me the question of what I would say to the board of directors and all they care about is driving the procurement, the governance, and the growth of that business. Mm-hmm. If I was talking to a creative director or a copywriter or somebody that works at U-Haul for, or for their agency, my advice or opinions would be completely different. But what I'm talking about right now is how do you take this great brand, how do you take this great business and drive more shareholder value? You do it by playing off of the trends, the micro trends that you see all around you with the smaller brands and businesses. Right, the same way that Facebook, Instagram, excuse me, stole from Snapchat and then quickly dwarfed them. U-Haul has the audience. U-Haul has the customer. They have everything. They just need to better measure and create messages at the moments that matter for the consumer and the audience. And that is, these are quick hits and quick wins. They're not big transformational changes, but they're small things that add up to really big things for shareholder value. And Alexa, that, pass it to Alexa, rent me a U-Haul. Go ahead, James. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, this is why uh, Pete talks to the board of directors and I don't because I, I wouldn't be. And they drink but, wine usually. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm going for the. I was, have, I was, have I was a deep literally with a group of board of directors last week and they all had wine. Yeah. So, so, so you're you taking that personally? I'd be looking for, 
you know Saturday you know night. how my my mind works because I'd be looking for the story. bourbon the story. the bourbon uh, fueled story the emotion because you know when we were all on our phones walking looking at U-Haul earlier I went to the Facebook page and they had a photo of a it was like a truck pulling a U-Haul but it was it was going around this mountain bend and it had this beautiful view and of course then my mind goes to pioneers and Americana and you know, Lyft ha- right now has the the journeys what matters kind of something like that a tagline, uh, but <laughs> value added message. Added yeah, added. <laughs> but it is about that. It does matter. There's an experience there. That's what I feel like they're missing. And in one photo that spoke to it, but there is this beautiful poetic journey in the brand. They are an Americana brand moving across America, doing it yourself. That's America right there. And it's it's uniting places, bringing people together. You had the story in the cab together, camaraderie. That's wonderful. And that's the story I feel like is missing. And that's the story that would tug at my heart a little bit and make me go, yeah, yeah, I'm an American. I want to drive that truck. Back to authenticity, though. But you is, don't think that's authentic? No, 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 no. No, I think that is absolutely authentic. That is the American dream that has been evaporated because of all sorts of political drivers and forces and also marketing and technology. But I want to make sure that we have the other side of that where when is the other shoe going to drop if that's authentic and there's this beautiful Oregon Trail-esque feel and vibe to it, manifest destiny with U-Haul. I'm going to Western Connecticut. I'm going to move. I just want to make sure that that's... That's that's be- like I like that. I, I love brands that have a romantic angle to them. It'd be awesome if you all went that direction. Just round that point out for me with saying, would that be a direction in advertising or would that be? Yeah, I, I think there, I think there is there's definitely gonna be an advertising angle, but I think there's a like a lower level content play to it. I think there's a promotional element to it. You can do digitally, whether through social or another avenue, you know, ideally socially, like travel across the country, engage millennials, put a party in a truck. That, visit new places, get partnerships. But I guess the question is really, and again, maybe I'm just scarred. Maybe deep down the emotional creative director in me is is just beat down from too many annual reports and shareholder meetings. I mean, I've been to three different meetings with, with large board of directors in the past 30 days. But what they're looking for is shareholder value. And I think the way you drive shareholder value, yeah, it's getting into the hearts, minds, and wallets of today and tomorrow's consumer. Absolutely, without a doubt, right? But I guess what I'm really getting at here, guys, is how are we going to understand the goals and objectives of U-Haul? Very simple, in my opinion. We dig into the annual report, we understand what is their growth goal, right? Are we gonna sell the customers that they have more stuff? Really, really easy wins for that. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I would totally agree with that. Totally. I think the simple question, if I were to ask the board of directors questions, it'd be, what is your lifetime value of a consumer? Because if you tell me that if someone rents from you one time, they're apt to rent four more times minimum, right? Let's assume that you spend $100 renting a truck for a day. They're going to do that four times. Average lifetime value of 400 bucks. If I could take that number, digest it, and chew on it, I could put together a ton of different campaigns just through simple digital media tactics. You know, a little bit of paid social, a little bit of paid search to target when people are in that moment, grab that micro moment to Google's point and maximize it because... I definitely think we shouldn't be trying to acquire new consumers. I think we should absolutely go to the loyal. And when I say loyal, that just means someone who's a past purchaser. Because I think shareholder value for U-Haul, if we were to layer in a story, back to the Americana, back to that more romantic side of it, because that, to me, I believe heartstrings need to be pulled a little bit. And the experience, yes, needs to be improved. It definitely needs to move up at least another century, right? We need to feel like we are truly in the 21st century. But at the same regard, let's say they maximize the smartphone, they maximize the connected consumer. We beef up and fuel up the marketing communications vehicle. That still leaves one element here, and that is of all the great things that they're doing, 
where is their most successful angle? Is it in repeat value? Where are they making the most money right now? I wonder. Well, that I mean, listen, we can obviously dig into the end report and we, we can we can we can do what we do all the time, right? We can we can we can do the work here, but I think we can do what we does. Yeah, I mean, listen, this yeah. is what this is what we do, right? Really, what I'd love to do is sit down with them, take whatever brief they've got, and tear it up. And I'd love to just get them in a room for a couple hours, talk about starting where they stand, right? Really, like understanding where do they stand right now as a business? What's their digital IQ look like? What agencies do they have? Vendors, internal staff, and then forget about us, right? Let's pretend we did nothing else but gave them a little bit of free advice, which we're which happy is this, to do, which is really this. Where what do they have? It's taking stock in what they have in their inventory. And it goes way deeper than trucks to build a business like they have. Looking inside out, not outside in. And that's what I would suggest that they do. And I, I really hope that someone over there gets this. Because the next time I move, well, I'm probably going to just pay a moving company to do everything for me. Small moves, quick moves. Yeah, but they don't even have to get this. Because imagine if you're just an everyday consumer and you're totally. listening to this. Imagine if you're a brand manager brand director. It's free advertising. Yeah. I, well, not only that, it's it's free counsel, strategic counsel. You said something before about maybe have a party in the back of a truck. How cool would it be if we tracked a journey from state <laughs> so, to state? <laughs> James is like, hold on, this is the no, chief no, no, compliance no, no. officer. No, no, no. Not a dirty no parties in, Listen, uh, typically trucks. I'm on the border uh, of NC-17, but I'm not. Right now I'm going G-rated because the party in the truck, if we could bring delight across state borders and track this, we get a couple nice, literally happy faces in that truck that are that have a positive message. That could be a really cool way to connect state to state and use U-Haul behind it as the means, mm-hmm. as the truck and the means to get to that camaraderie angle. I like that. What I want to do is three, I want us to say three positive moments <laughs> or positive attributes of U-Haul. And I want to go around all three of us, right? I do one, we go around. We should each, I want to say three positive things. You know why? Because if we start where we stand, that will give the board of directors, that'll give the board something to think about because if they're doing something well, we end on a good note here. The brand stand is successful. I'll go ahead and start. Just as I knocked it before, I think U-Haul is one of the only brands that has done the unique attribute of painting a completely random image on the side of a truck, whether it's a vinyl decal or it is spray paint. I don't even know what it is, but it's positive because it's 100% a recognizable thing for me. And I could actually think back. And I remember I was moving out of New Jersey, out of Hoboken, New Jersey. And there was a bright, bright green and purple alien on the side of the truck. And I could remember that moment like it was yesterday. That's, so that's I the think, Nevada one. Yeah. So I think. <laughs> so I think. Or New Mexico. That's New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Area 51. Holler. Yeah. So I think right off the bat, they have such good brand recognition. That's a positive for me. I'd like to go, but I'm stuck now thinking about the truck because on their trucks, there's a mistake in the copy. And whenever I see the trucks on the street, I always look at those. That was actually- What does it say? I'll show it to you. That was actually in part of Jimmy, our copywriter's but, training, so flip, was he had to go find the mistake on the U-Haul truck. Well, flip this and reverse it then, <laughs> Mr. Elliot. If you're- Since you didn't give me a positive, I'm right. holding you to that. Okay. Give me a positive to at least, I don't know, the name. Or give me a positive to the identity, whatever that is to you. Find a positive. Find a positive. Because you're not going, I'm not kicking the mic to Pete until you find a positive. Right. Well, that's what I, I said it earlier. It's a bad experience. Why is it still a go-to? Because there is a level of convenience based off of accessibility, based off of reach. I, I mentioned I know the story. I think I might not just know it because he was a World War II veteran and I tend to be tied to World War II stuff. But um, the problem was at the time, you could not travel to another place you couldn't rent a truck, go to another place, and drop the truck off. That's convenient. That's nice. Otherwise, if we didn't have U-Hauls everywhere, it's hard to pick up a truck and drive somewhere. Availability. 
Peace on. Well, number one, they're the market leader. That's your positive right there. <laughs> we're going we're going one at a time. Next <laughs> next positive for me is so rapid fire positivity. Yeah, rapid fire positivity. We'll call it the moments of, of blistering happiness. Um, I think the name U-Haul. Damn, I was going to take no, that one. You can't because I saw it in your eyes. I actually read your mind when you said it. Uh, <laughs> the name U-Haul is absolutely amazing because I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to throw down gold bullion that people hear U-Haul and they don't think of U-Haul as a very descriptive name. Now, when you break down names, you break down names into four categories, inventive, evocative, descriptive, and imaginative. And it's a descriptive name. No one really hears it as that. They go, oh, it's U-Haul. I didn't even think about their name as you're hauling something in the back of a truck to go somewhere else until I just thought about whether or not I like the name. <laughs> no joke. So I say the name. Well, that's all. It, that was what I was going to say. Well, I, again, with your tongue caught. Pete, James, we're skipping over him. No. He's got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You got to get positive. All right. So we'll skip over him. No, 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 no. Stick to your word. Stick to my word. Uh, there's some good photography on, online. Good. It's very positive, actually. Accessibility. Okay. A little bit different than yours, right? Or uh, could we I classify that as the same? I said accessibility. Okay. You got to think of new The one amount then. of brands that we've had the pleasure of working on that have this level of association, this level of awareness, and this level of transaction necessity and execution is incredible. So, again, I get right back to this. There are thousands of transactions a day happening in North America. More than that with U-Haul. All I'm saying to the board, to anyone that wants to listen here, positive moment, is take advantage of your audience. Take advantage of all the people that you're helping move on a daily basis. So you'd say like magnanimous reach. They could they yes, they have amazing reach. They have amazing depth. They have breath. Everything about um, them is amazing. Except I, for their experience, their brand. Hey, this is po rapid for moments of positive. Yeah, yeah. I will flip a table if I have to. The final thing for me is the fact that all the locations they have with different leadership teams, different managers, all the shifts that are attended to, meaning people show up to work, they punch a clock or however they sign in, all of those operate. Some probably better than others. But all of those that operate and U-Haul stays a profitable business is amazing. Think about that. Think about if you disbanded our agency and we had thousands of locations and all of them operated underneath this one major brand and they had to deliver an experience for right, wrong, or indifferent. The fact that they're able to keep track of this and that they're the, able to minimize fraud, minimize things, I think is amazing. So they're managing a crazy, crazy amount of differentiation. I want, I want to close by saying that I'm really thankful for anyone that's going to listen to this today tomorrow in the future. I think we're going to all look back on this and be so glad that we did this. In itself, being able to share advice and passion around some of the most awesome, obscure, or new brands that are coming to life is something that I get up excited to do every single morning. I think we are blessed and privileged to be able to work with brands and businesses and help drive them forward through design and technology and creativity. And I'm really looking forward to where this episode goes and more importantly, where the series goes. If, if you have an awesome brand and you want to come on and have your brand brand standard <laughs> with us here, we'd be more than happy to have you on. We'd love to talk about what you're doing differently. Um, if you're a practitioner and, and you want to talk about some of the things that you've done working with some global brands. Or if you're a consumer who had a terrible experience yeah. and want a brand stand on it and get in a conversation with us. We'd love to. Or amazing one. Or amazing one. Yeah. It doesn't have to be negative. Yeah.
Guys, thanks so much for listening. Check us out on digitalsurgeons.com, on Twitter at, at digitalsurgeons. I think it's time for us to go have a drink. What do you guys think?